What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Now, we're told that King Ahasuerus was a very proud man. And in the third year of his reign, he made this great banquet, this great feast that lasted not for a day, not for a week, not for a month, for half a year, all right, half a year. They won't even give you a free pass to soup plantation for half a year, but that was a half a year. And the only purpose of this feast was that he, so he could brag, so he could boast, so he could show everybody his great riches and how great his kingdom was. That's the sole purpose. So everyone who came to the feast there, King Ahasuerus' feast, they had to listen for not just a day, not just a week, but a half a year. It's a really long boasting feast is what it is. So the great feast is done, and then the King Ahasuerus has a second feast of seven days for just the people in the palace. You know, those are for all the help, you know, that was serving everybody during that half a year. So now they get to, they get to have their own party, okay? So meanwhile... The king's wife, whose name was Vashti, she had her own feast for the women in the palace. And one day, the king was drunk, and he called for her to do something unbelievable. He called for her to immorally show off her beautiful body in front of the men. So Vashti refused. She said, no, I'm not doing it. She refused to come. And that's how God opened the door. Hooray for God. Right. That's how he opened the door for Esther to become queen, okay? But what the king asked Vashti to do was very sinful. It was very dirty. But that's what opened the door for Esther to become queen. Isn't that amazing? To see how God, yes, how God used the sinful desires of the king to save the Jews, hooray. Okay, so because Vashti refused to obey the drunk king and come into the men's feast and show off her beauty, the king was very angry. So the king asked his advisors, what are we gonna do? What should we do? And the advisors said, king, this is not just a problem for you. This is a problem for every man in this kingdom who are gonna copy Vashti. And when the man says, you know, you know, bring me something to drink, then the women are gonna say, get it yourself. 
<laughs> so he said, this is a very serious problem. So the king agrees with them that Vashti should be removed as queen, which she was. That's how chapter one ends. Now, chapter two opens with King Ahasuerus feeling lonely. He's feeling lonely. He's missing Vashti. Feels very bad. So the king's servants there, they notice the king's kind of droopy. He's droopy because he misses his wife, Vashti. So God used the feelings. Hooray for God. He used the feelings of loneliness to open the door for Esther to be queen. Hooray. Okay, so the king's servants advised the king, you got to get a new wife, you got to get a new queen. And now the king, he has plenty of concubines in his palace. He could have just chosen one of them to make king. But the king's servants advised the king, you need a new model. You need a young model. Don't take any of the concubines as a queen. But instead, let's go out and gather together the most beautiful young virgins in all the kingdom and bring them here together for you to choose who's going to be the new queen. I mean, when the in-house concubines were passed over and the decision was made to look for a queen outside the palace, what was that? That was God, hooray for God, uh, opening the door for Esther to become the new queen. Hooray for God. You know, you know what's great about this message? No one's going to fall asleep. <laughs> I don't see anybody dozing off. We got to do this every Sunday, right? <laughs> now, there was a certain Jewish man. There was a certain Jewish man whose name was Mordecai. He was carried away as a captive in the Babylonian captivity, and he just happened to end up living in the palace. Who caused Mordecai to happen to end up living in the palace? God did. Hooray for God. Okay, but Mordecai had an uncle, and the uncle had a daughter named Esther. She was an orphan. She was an orphan, so sad. And so Mordecai says, you come into my house. You're going to be my daughter. Not even like a daughter. You're going to be my daughter. He treated her that way. And Esther was very beautiful. She had very beautiful looks. I think I may have told you that I stayed with my Israeli friend in Jerusalem one time, and I, you know, his daughter was off, and so you know, I got to stay in her room, and so I went into the bathroom, and she had taken lipstick and wrote on the, on the mirror, drop dead gorgeous. You know, so Anyway, <laughs> the Esther was drop dead gorgeous. She was very beautiful in looks, but also she was very beautiful in character. She had an inner beauty that was so attractive. It made everybody love her. So when the servants of the king came through, they swept up Esther as part of the group of the most beautiful young virgins there for the king to choose to who's going to become queen. And for one year, the king's servants used perfumes to make her smell nice. So when she goes and meets the king, she should smell so good. They soak her in all these perfumes. I don't know. So anyway, poor Esther. All right, so, but Esther was so humble and she was so beautiful that everybody in the palace just loved Esther. And the king also, when he saw her, he loved Esther more than all the other beautiful women. So the king made Esther queen and to celebrate, the king chose Esther to be the new queen. The best celebration, the king makes another great feast. This man loves to eat. He makes another great feast and then he sends gifts to everybody. He releases prisoners. And Mordecai told Esther, don't you tell anyone that you're Jewish. Don't tell anyone that you're Jewish. And one day, Mordecai heard two of the king's servants plotting to kill the king. He heard that. You know, people didn't have access to the king, but these two did. 
And so they were plotting to kill the king. So Mordecai told Esther, who then told the king and certified it in Mordecai's name, and the king checked it out, and, and it was true. And so he killed those two servants. So the king's life was saved by Mordecai. Who caused Mordecai to overhear those two servants? Not yet. <laughs> Who caused them to hear and the planning to kill the king? God did. Hooray for God. That's it. That's it. All right. That's also the end of chapter two. All right. Now, chapter three opens with a new character, a new character. We don't know where he came from. We don't know anything. All of a sudden, he's just, he's there, and he's immediately promoted to be over all the princes, and his name is Haman. Boom. Boom. The Amalekite. And all the king's servants now bow down and honor Haman. Boom. Haman. Okay. But, but, Mordecai says, no. Mordecai refuses to bow. He refuses to give honor to Haman because he said, I'm a Jew. Mordecai was a Jew, so he wasn't going to do it. So when Haman found out that Mordecai wouldn't bow to him, Haman decided to kill not only Mordecai, but to kill all his people, to kill all the Jews in the kingdom. And Haman decided, I gotta choose a day. I gotta choose a day when they're all gonna die. And so in order to do that, Haman cast Purim, Purim. Now, Eric told you Purim is a Hebrew word. Actually, it's a Persian word. It doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter because this is happening in Persia. And it means Pur, Pur means lot, Purim means lots. So I don't know how this worked with the poor. I don't know. Nobody seems to know, you know, how this really happened. But somehow he could use it to choose the month. He could use it to choose the date. I don't know. Maybe he had two buckets and, you know, and he reaches in and grabs one. Oh, the month is. Oh, the day is. I don't know. But whatever he did, he did it. And so when he cast these Purim, the month came out Adar and the day came out 13th. So he said, well, that's going to be it. It's going to be the 13th day of Adar. All right. Maybe that's why 13 is an unlucky number. I don't know. Anyway, but that's how it happened. And so he decides that. And so then Haman went to the king Ahasuerus and told him that all the Jews were very different and they were not keeping the king's customs. They're rebellious. They need to wipe them all out. They need to kill them. And he was going to pay 10,000 talents of silver for the job to get done to pay for the execution of all the Jews. Can you imagine? On one day. Not a Hitler many, many days, but on one day. And the king agreed with Haman. And the king, yeah, bad. Yeah. And he gave, gave Haman his ring of authority. And with the ring of authority, Haman, ooh, he made a law that on the 13th day of Adar, all the Jews were to be killed. The government officials should all get together on the 13th day of Adar and wipe them all out on one day. And so the couriers ran throughout this vast, massive kingdom from Ethiopia to India and telling everybody, here's the new law. It can't be changed. It's the 13th day of Adar. That's the last day that any Jewish person's going to live on earth. That's a very dark and sad ending to chapter three. Okay. Now, chapter four is just a continuation of a great mourning and a sadness as the news reaches all the Jews. They can't believe it. 
that in this great kingdom that they're all going to be killed on the 13th day of Adar. And especially, you know who was the saddest person? Mordecai. Why? Because he thought, I didn't bow to Haman. And I'm responsible for all the Jews to be killed because I didn't bow to Haman. So Mordecai rents his clothes and he puts on sackcloth and ashes and he cries with a very loud voice, a very loud, it's described as a very loud and bitter cry. Now at this point, Esther, she didn't even know about all this new law. And so Esther's servants came and they told her how Mordecai's out there crying and he won't put on clothes, he's got him sackcloth and ashes. And so she sends him clothes, sends him nice clothes to put on, but Mordecai refuses. And Mordecai tells Esther about how Haman, hey boo, he got a law to kill all the Jews. And so Mordecai told Esther, you gotta go to the king. You gotta go to the king. You gotta beg for the life of your people. You're the Jewish people. But Esther's afraid because she says, look, I haven't been called for 30 days and, and if somebody just appears in the court and the king hasn't called them, they're killed unless the king by chance holds out his golden scepter. But Mordecai tells Esther, look, you know, um, you've been made queen for this time. This is the time. Such a time as this, the famous phrase, who knows that for such a time as this, thou art brought into the kingdom. You've been made queen for this time to save the Jewish people. So Esther tells Mordecai, okay, gather all the Jewish people together that are in the palace of Shushan. Get them all together. Tell them, no food, no drink for three days. Oh, boy. You know, in Yom Kippur, you don't drink for 24 hours. This is three days. This is, this is drastic. They probably drank a lot before this. But anyway, no food, no drink for three days. And pray, 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 pray during those times. And then her famous word, if I perish, I perish. A willingness on her part to perish to save the Jewish people. That's how chapter four ends. With all the Jews in the palace fasting and praying for Esther. Now, chapter five starts on the last day of fasting, the third day, when prayer was going up. And on that day, Esther goes in to see the king. Now, fortunately, the king is very happy to see Esther. So he holds out the golden scepter for Esther, and she's not killed. Who caused the king to be happy? Don't blow it yet. To see Esther and not have her killed? God did. Hooray for God. Okay, so the king asks her, what's your request? I'll give you half the kingdom. What do you want? And Esther says, Esther told the king, she's prepared a banquet for this night. And she's asked that, please, the king and the Haman should be the only, oh yeah, boo. Bad. If there'd be only one to come to the banquet, and then she would tell the king what her request was. So the king and Haman, boo. They come to the banquet, and the king asks her, okay, okay, here we are. What's your request? And she says, well, I've got another banquet tomorrow night. And if you and Haman come to the second banquet, then I'll tell you what the request is. So yeah, the king, you know, like I said, he likes banquets. So, you know, Esther knew the way to the king's heart is through his stomach, you know. So that's how she used the banquets. But anyway, so Haman, boom. He was so very happy. 
He was so very happy that, that, that after the first banquet that that night he went home and he just bragged again to his wife and his friends about all his riches and his children and his promotion to be over all the princes. And he bragged how only he and the king went into Queen Esther's banquet. But Haman said, it was all ruined. It was all ruined because he saw Mordecai the Jew and he was still alive. And this really made him feel terrible. So his wives and his friends, they advised him, listen, I know what'll make you feel better. Build a gallows. Build a gallows for Mordecai. Make it the height of a 10-story building and construct it right away. So the next morning, they go to sleep. The next morning, he builds the gallows, and that's how chapter five ends. Now, chapter six, a little bit in reverse, it goes back to that night for the king, that night. And the chapter six tells, in that same night after the first banquet, the king can't sleep. He's got insomnia. And the record, and so he says, what can make me go to sleep? I gotta pick out the most boring thing I could possibly listen to. I know a history book. So he, he calls for the, the chronicles, the record of the chronicles, the record of events to be read to him. And from the reading, the king is, they're reading this to him, and he hears that Mordecai saved the king's life by telling on those two servants who were planning on killing the king. And the king doesn't fall asleep. Wait a minute, what, what has been done as a reward for Mordecai? What's been done to honor Mordecai for saving the king's life? And they look and they say, nothing, nothing. Nothing's been done for Mordecai. Now who gave the, don't blow it, who gave the king insomnia that night? God did. Hooray for God. And, and who made the king decide to read the, from the record of events? God did. Hooray for God. And who made the king ask for what reward for, was given to Mordecai? God did. Hooray for God. Oh, yeah. And who caused the, the reader to read all that about Mordecai in any way? God did. Hooray for God. So the king's sitting there, and he's thinking to himself, I wonder what would be a good Honor for Mordecai, I don't know. And just at that moment, Haman appears. So without telling Haman that the king wanted to reward Mordecai, he just asked Haman what he thought would be the best way to honor a person that the king really delights in. And Haman thought, I'm the man. <laughs> hey, I'm the person the king wants to honor. Oh boy, here we go. I'm going to make it really good. So he's expecting this to be the greatest day in his life. So Haman said to the king, I got it, king. You got to listen to me. I got it. This is how you do it. First, you give him the king's robe. And then you bring out the king's horse and you put him on the horse in the king's robe. And then you make a herald to walk in front of him and said, this is what's done to the man whom the king delights to honor. See? And Haman was expecting the king to say, perfect, you're the man, Haman. But instead, Haman... Ooh. He's shocked to hear, perfect, 
Mordecai's the man. Oh, no. I delight in Mordecai. You go dress Mordecai in my robe. You put Mordecai on my king's horse. You lead him through the city, and you're the one who will cry out in front of him. This is what's done to the man who the king delights to honor. <laughs> I mean, Haman, he hoped that he was going to be Mordecai's executioner. Instead, he's Mordecai's servant. <laughs> and Haman, he's so sick. He covers his head. You know, you ever seen those pictures when people are arrested and they put a hoodie over them? <laughs> That's Haman. <laughs> he covers his head. He runs home and he tells his wife, he tells his friends, you know, that, that what happened. And they told him, if that's what happened, you're going to fall in front of Mordecai. So during their talk, he's trying to figure it all out. The king's servants, they come to his house and they quickly took Haman to Esther's second banquet. And that's how chapter six ends. And chapter seven opens with Esther's second banquet. And the king and Haman, ooh, they're there. And then the king asked Queen Esther again, what's your request? What is your request? And to everyone's surprise, Queen Esther begins to cry and beg for her life and the life of her people. And Esther pleads with the king. She says, look, if my people were just sold to be slaves, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't be begging you, king. Oh, she could pour it on, let me tell you. And so she told the king that she and her people were all to be killed. And then the king asked two questions, who and where? The king says, who is this person who's going to kill you, the queen, and all of your people? Where is this person who's going to do this? And Esther has her highest glory when she stands up for the Jewish people and she says, the adversary and the enemy is this wicked Haman. Boo! Who gave Esther that strength? Who gave her the strength to stand against Haman and save the Jewish people? God did. Hooray for God. So then the king, he gets up and he's like, this is too much, it's over the top, I can't process it. So he gets up and he walks out into the palace garden, he's trying to think about what, did I, what happened, I don't even understand. And what Esther has just said about Haman. So while he's there in the garden, he's trying to reprocess the whole thing. I thought he was good, I guess he, he was bad. Ooh, I thought he was, no, no he's wicked. Ooh, yeah, he's, he's, I thought he was a friend. No, he's an adversary. And he's trying to sort all, is this really true? And so he's trying to sort all this out. And so Haman... Meanwhile, he sees that his life is in danger. He falls on the bed, the couch, whatever, where Esther was on. And when the king returns, he sees Haman laying on the same couch as Esther. And he says, now he's going to force the king, the queen, right in front of me, right in front of my eyes. And the king says, will he force the queen also before me in the house? And as soon as the king says these words, then the king's servants come and they cover Haman's face. Ooh. They just cover him like what the executioners cover him. And one of the servants told, the, told Haman, says, well, king, look out there. Look out your window out there. You see those big, tall gallows out there? Haman... He just had that constructed today to kill Mordecai who saved your life. 
And then the king says, well, then Haman should be hanged on those gallows. And they hanged Haman. Ooh. And then the king was no longer angry. That's the end of chapter 7. <laughs> Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.